Welcome, welcome everyone to another episode of the Enthusiast Life Guest Spot. I am your host, Mark Turcott. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, we have a good one in store for you this week. If you've been listening to video game podcasts here, then this name, I hope you know this name because he's been around for a long, long time to the early days of not only video game podcasts, but just podcasts in general. Hell, he's even one of the people that inspired me to start podcasting back in the day. And that is Danny Pena from Gamer Tag Radio. You may know him as Godfrey as well over from Gamer Tag. So him and I got a chance to sit down here just right around the 16-year anniversary of Gamer Tag Radio. We had a great conversation. I really hope you enjoy this. And, uh, you know, stick around after. I'll be back on the flip side, and uh, we'll break it all down as well. So uh, hope you enjoy Danny Pena from Gamer Tag Radio. All right, so joining me now, you know him from Gamer Tag Radio as Godfrey Danny Pena. Danny, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Here drinking water because I'm thirsty. <laughs> so thirsty. <laughs> no, no, but I want to say uh, th- thanks, Mark, for for inviting me, man. I, I love, you know, I love uh, every time we get together, record a podcast. We always have a great conversation. Man. Yeah, so man, definitely. Well, that's me. why I wanted to have you here. You know, I years ago when I started the Enthusiast Life, uh, my my initial vision was kind of for what I'm doing with these guest spots was to have people on who are enthusiastic about something you know whatever it is and you were one of the first people that came to mind really because of podcasting i mean you were one of the people that inspired me to get into podcasting and you know when you look at just especially video game podcasts dude you were there from the beginning you know so like that's why i knew i had to have you on to talk to you about podcasting we're going to get into video games and that a little bit later as well but to kind of set the stage here for some of my listeners who maybe don't know who you are and I know it's kind of hard to say, tell them all about yourself, but, you know, maybe yeah. just tell them a little bit about what it is, you know, that you do, uh, I guess, with podcasting and, and just content creation, man. Yeah, yeah. So actually this week, uh, February 25th is our 16th anniversary of, of the show that I have, Gamer Tag Radio. What, um, what, what we do is we, you know, we have weekly discussions about news, but we have a lot of interviews on our show. And sometimes I'll go back and and get like an old audio that I recorded years ago and I'll bring it back to the show and I'll do like commentary and give them like behind the scenes. How was it at that moment recording that? And we also did like a uh, like um, answering questions from listeners that sent emails from like 10 years ago or something like that. Like, you know, I always like to do new things on our show, but uh, yeah, I'm happy right now. We have over a thousand episodes, 11 Actually, yeah, today, eleven oh five came out today. Wow! Uh, but but we are the first gaming podcast in the world to have over a thousand episodes out there now. That's crazy, so man. That is yeah. that is wild. I mean, like I said, you were like when I think back to when I got into podcasting, kind of discovered them. It was for me, it was Podtacular was the first one that I ever listened to because it was like I was playing big into Halo, and I was like, wow, what what? There's a talk radio show about halo like i need to listen to that and i think it was through that how i discovered gamertag radio because weren't you guys doing like a a network with them somehow weren't you somehow affiliated yeah. with them or yeah it was called uh gamercast network yeah yeah yeah, yeah it was uh way back we we got together it was spectacular paris had a show called uh uncle gamer uncle radio gamer, yep uh, there's another one called video game show achievement junkies and also us uh gamertag radio yeah huh. Well, yeah, take us back, man. Take back, us back to those back. original days. Like, when did you? Because one thing that's near and dear to both our hearts, of course, is uh, Fantasy Store Online, and that's kind of where you got into it originally, right? Like, where did you come up with the idea of, hey, let me do a, a talk radio show about a video game? Like, what what brought that to your mind, man? Because for me, it came to me because I was more like, hey, I can do that too. Where for you, nobody was doing it. So, like, where did that come from, man? Yeah. So there was a a uh, streaming service back in the 90s called sudo i don't know if you ever heard of that or not but it was a 24 7 video and audio of streaming service where uh, they had like a rock show a uh, hip-hop show like different different genres and also like entertainment about like stuff that's going on at that time you know with movies and tv shows so I I went online. It was in 1998. I remember I went to my friend's house and I was just browsing 
the web, different message boards and everything. And then I came across to this website called uh, Sudo. And at that moment, they had a hip hop show called ADA Hip Hop. And I'm like, oh, man, this is this is pretty cool, man. Like people could actually have a an online Internet radio show. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I would love to do something like this. And I tried back then because I was involved with the hip hop, uh, hip hop music industry back in the 90s. And I spoke to my team at the time and it was just too expensive to do it. So the original plan was we were going to have a mixtape and have it play, play like on the radio and connect the radio to um, to the computer. And from the computer, it will be um, through real player where they will stream it and people could go to real player and listen to it anywhere around the world. But once we find out the price, we were like, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> this is too much. Yeah. yeah. So so I, I stopped, whatever. But at that time in Miami, I used to go to a lot of uh, pirate radio stations. And I was really involved with just like doing local radio with music and talk radio with friends and my cousins too. So, And the reason was because back in those days in the 90s, Miami was the number one um, – city that had the most pirate stations in the whole country wow so really? for those that don't know huh. yeah for those that don't know it's radio stations that is not approved by the fcc so uh and then i noticed that people were getting in trouble they would get fined so get even locked up for that and i'm like you know what i, I can't i can't do this anymore so <laughs> but then fast fast forward to uh 2000s and early 2000s it was like 2001 Fanny Star Online came out for the Dreamcast, and I just loved the game so much. I loved the community. And uh, actually, it was January 25th was my first episode of Fanny mm. Star Online Radio, PSO Radio. So I created that show, and it was just strictly about the game. We'll, we'll like talk about things that's going on in the community, rumors. I also will talk about different quests available in the U.S. servers or the Japanese servers. And I just started doing that, and I will put it up on mp3.com. And for those who don't, don't know, mp3.com was created for music artists. So if you're an artist, you have your music on through this website. People listen to it or download or buy your music. You will, you will get paid from that. So I had my shows there, and it created a huge buzz that I was started getting paid just by people listening to PSO Radio back in, in How many in episodes of that did you do? Do you remember? Ooh, not much. Not okay. much. It was like, because at that time, there was no schedule for me. It was just like, whenever I feel like. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I had to be like, maybe, maybe like less than 80 episodes. Okay. Because I, I wanted to say, like, I know I found PSO Radio through PSO World, you know. But yes. I don't think at that time. I think it was like kind of later on, you know, it was like 04, probably 05 when I found that. And then was surprised to see wait a minute, that's that same guy from Gamertag Radio. Like, what? Yep. Like, he was. that's what yeah. he was doing before this? Like, that was, uh -huh. you know, um, just interesting. And then, I mean, what led to, I guess, you, you shifted away from that, obviously, and then got over to Gamertag Radio. Um, well, before Gamertag Radio, it was a show called Game Voice that I launched it. And that one had, like, not even that many episodes at all. That was, like, way less than PSO Radio. But uh, it was during the launch of the Nintendo GameCube and also the original Xbox in right. November of 2001. This is like two months after 9-11. The original plan yep. was to launch on September 11th. I was planning to launch that show there that day, but then everything happened on 9-11. I'm like, yo, I, I'm not in the mood. And plus, I was in New York City at that time, too. So we delayed it, um, a, friend, a friend and I. So then one time I heard that Nintendo and Xbox, they were going to have different events to promote their consoles and their games in New York City. So I said to myself, I'm going to show up. And I, I brought my video camera, my tape recorder. And the first event I went to was uh, the Xbox, Xbox Unleashed. And they had all their consoles there. It was like a 48-hour competition. So I was competing and also creating content. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So I did that. I got to meet the whole team. Um, at the end, Xbox surprised me and others to, and we they gave us like a free Xbox uh, for awesome. us to take home. Yeah, you think end, about it, man. So. That was such early days, right? I mean, sure, you had like message boards, and I mean, you had at least to some extent some some sort of web pages and that up there with, with visuals. But I mean, you to find like a video, like I remember watching like an Ocarina of Time video, and like that was a big deal, like a thirty second clip 
on what was it what was IGN before was it like Planet GameCube or whatever it was like I remember mm-hmm. watching those videos and just being dumbfounded like there's a video on the internet and it's like oh my god it looks so good like people today that didn't live during those times don't realize just how I don't want to say how easy it is now to have access to those things but it's like you know you were having to go out of your way to basically create those mp3s and get them hosted somewhere right someone couldn't subscribe to pso radio or to game voice right i mean you were just kind of posting those on a site and then having to just post on message boards and say hey check it out but at that time because it was so novel i mean you were able to just have it explode man like that i i'm just it's incredible man i I, i'm so happy that you were able to do that like it's just such an awesome thing and to hear about it you know i mean you were there in the beginning of all that um, yeah, and it's it, and it's crazy. I always I always mention that to people. Like, man, it was it's so easy right now. Back then, it was a lot harder to get people to listen to your show, to even watch videos back then. Like, so when I went to Xbox Unleashed, and I've ever, I never mentioned this story, but I recorded the event through video, and I I, I wish I could find that video. I, I know I have it somewhere. I just can't find it. Maybe it's it's back in Miami, my dad's house, but. Um, yeah, I, I will record it and I will upload to this website that you only will have the video up there for like, a, for like maybe like two or three months and then it will get erased. So mm-hmm. I put it up there, my, my full video of my coverage of me at Xbox Unleashed and it got picked up by IGN and like all these other websites in 2001. <laughs> awesome. And when I went the next day to the event, the whole Xbox team knew, like, oh, it was him. Look, that's him oh, with the camera. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they gave me props. And, and there's even a picture. <laughs> I, I wish I could show it to you, but there's a picture that I have still to this day. It's me and everybody that got in the free, uh, free Xbox, and we're there with the original creators of the console. And that's you see cool me in the back with a with a video camera just holding it like that, like recording still. Like That's awesome. <laughs> but, I've seen that picture yeah. of you with Bill Gates. Is that that same event, or was that the 360 no, event? No, no, that one was actually two weeks after that. So okay. randomly, I got a call from Microsoft and they were like, Danny, can you come to to uh, Toys R Us in New York City at Times Square? Because we want you to be part of the, the launch. And you could talk to the media about, you know, your experience with the Xbox because we, we got it early, you know. So mm-hmm. that was like my first experience getting something early before... It came out of the store, so I was like feeling cool. I was like, oh man, man, I'm the cool kid with this, you know. <laughs> so, so uh, I went, but I had no idea that Bill Gates was gonna be there. Like they kept that under wraps until we got there. So wow. once I once I went inside, uh, the one of the members from the team at Xbox, they were like, hey, you guys gonna be hanging out with Bill Gates? Just make sure not to give you not to give him your resume. You know, just enjoy it. Like he was like joking <laughs> around and stuff. So we're like, yeah. all right, cool, cool. So. After that, yeah, they wanted me to play with Bill Gates. We were playing crazy, uh, Fusion man. Frenzy. Fusion Frenzy. Yep. Wow. And you see all the media recording us and taking pictures. But I had no idea that that, that picture was going to be online. So the next day, I woke up. I was excited because now everybody has Xbox, right? So I go to TeamXbox.com, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's there the picture are. of me. And, yeah, with Bill Gates. What? So I send it to my cousins and my family. awesome, and, dude. Yeah. Well, you know what's you know what's yeah. kind of amazing about that is you think like at that time, I mean, content creation out of, I mean, obviously you had some major gaming outlets, but in terms of just I don't want to say Joe Schmo, but you know, like just kind of your regular like we see now, people creating their own YouTube channels and all that. Like that influencers, I guess is maybe the right term. Like that didn't really exist back then, but yet Microsoft saw the value of you going there and giving you that Xbox early that. You know, kudos to them for seeing it that early, right? I mean, back then, that, that was unheard of. I mean, could you ever imagine, like, Nintendo doing something like that or even Sony? Like, I don't think back in those days they were really reaching out to influencers in any way. You know, like, that was kind nah. of almost, right? I mean, that, just so it's yeah, awesome yeah. that Microsoft just came in and, like, kind of changed the game in that sense almost. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it obviously changed well, I, here through the years. I'll tell you this. I Back back in those days the first time i had an experience like that was sega while they were promoting the sega dreamcast so oh, they invited really? me to yeah they invited me to the launch of sega net in new york city and uh, i was just a fan this is before 
uh, I started, I launched uh, Game Boys. This was like during the PSO days or, or like around there. Uh, before that, actually, no, it was before PSO Radio. Uh, I went to Sega Net, and that's when they they uh, they wanted me to play NFL 2K1, and they had like videos of Shenmue and and P- they I think PSO was announced. I can't quite remember, but yeah, it was wild. But that was the first experience that I had from that. And then it was Xbox. But in those days, I remember getting a game early to to review it from like Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And then we had to send the the game back to the company. Like it wasn't like That's how crazy. it is now that you'll keep the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I had that once when I was working for uh, Avault.com doing some stuff for them, and they I had a DS game. Same thing. They kind of sent me a cart, and you had to like sign something that was like, if you don't re- you know return this cart, I don't even remember what the game was. I mean, it wasn't even like you know anything big that made any any sort of uh, headway or anything but it was just like interesting i was like okay i guess that's what we're doing and now again how easy is it today companies just send you codes you know they send yep. that out like things have changed so much well i mean then what led to i guess gamertag radio why the shift from game voice to gamertag radio what was the the change there yeah well um i became a huge fan of xbox live and uh and I, I was talking to my brother i'm like yeah i want to bring this radio internet radio thing back man let's do it as a podcast because Podcast launched around the end of 2004, so like September '04. There was people now with the RSS feed, and I had no idea how to do the the yeah. RSS feed. Can I? So I'll tell you the story how I figured that out later. But I, I was talking to my brother. It took us like a good two months to figure things out, and and he didn't like the name. I was like, Yo, I think Gamer Tech Radio will be cool. He's like, Nah, I don't like it. it. Sounds cheesy. I was like, I don't know. I see the vision. I was telling the whole time. <laughs> so then, so then we decided to launch it. Uh, it was February 25th, uh, 2005. I remember the first day I recorded the episode with my brother. Uh, I did it outside of my dad's house. I didn't want to wake him up because we recorded like around <laughs> one o'clock in the morning and it was freezing cold that night, I remember. And uh, I recorded inside of my dad's car. Wow. Um, and the reason is you can't hear the noise outside. It was very like soundproof. It was amazing and everything. So, so we did like that. I released it and I remember within 24 hours, I got an email from Microsoft. They're like, oh, my God, Dan, this is something really cool. We have never seen this before. We would love to interview you and your brother, and we would like to feature you on, on Xbox.com. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, I think it'll be awesome. So we did the interview, and then a couple of days later, I turned on my Xbox, and I see the from the original dashboard. This is like before the 360. You would turn on the, the Xbox and they had our name, like go to Xbox.com <laughs> and read awesome, it, man. read the interview. Yeah. Read the interview with, with the, with the team over there at Gamertag Radio. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. still to this day. I have a picture of that, of that screenshot. That's cool oh, as hell, man. Our center. I, yeah. I think everybody has a story like podcasting early on like that. of like, you know, you doing it in your dad's car outside at 1am. For me, it was my buddy, Chris and I, our first show. And I didn't have like a good mic. So I used the rock band microphone. So this would have been, it was like the summer of 2008. And it was a rock yeah. band microphone in a coffee cup to hold it up. And that was me because it was the only USB mic that I had at the time, you know, because I, otherwise I just had like my regular Xbox, you know, headset that I would kind of put on. And, uh, you know, I love just thinking back to those days about how you just had to do whatever you could to record. Like mm-hmm. you just had to, you know, utilize what you had to do it. And, you know, speaking of the RSS feeds, like, Today, you know, you can go to figure out your podcasting service. You just either pay your money or use a free service and you host it up there. And the RSS feed is created and you just submit that to everything. But even when I started, it was like, okay, here's the website we're going to make our show for. And then you basically had to host it somewhere. And then I remember using like some tool to be able to put the MP3 into the, you know, the folder wherever it was hosted out on the web and then yeah you had to manually like come up with the rss feed which is really a path to direct you know the, the subscription or really itunes that that was all we were using at that time like to direct it to where to go and then god forbid you needed to change the feed i mean you could break that feed like i that's what i've i don't know about you that's where i've mm-hmm. always been terrified of of the rss feeds nowadays you know if you want to switch over to another service they always have fields that tell you like hey put in your new rss feed and we'll ping all your users and it's much easier now to you know not have issues with breaking your feed but i don't know Mm -hmm. did you ever have problems like back then where you were maybe switching hosts and uh you guys were you know just worried about breaking that feed when you were switching uh no i'm trying to remember well i know that the way how i learned how to manually change everything was because remember back then 
when I launched my show, there was no podcast in iTunes yet. Right. So okay. I yeah. had to, gotcha. I had to depend on a couple of 30 third party apps mm-hmm. that was created from podcasters. And I will go to websites like uh, podcast alley podcast pickle, where they had like their own charts. Uh, people will go there and they will vote, but that was like more the podcast community instead of listeners going through there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, so it was cool. It was it was awesome. That was like a great way to like get people to promote the shows and all that stuff. But what how the the way how I learned how to manually update my RSS feed, I downloaded an RSS an RSS feed from a friend of mine that he had a, a show, and that show didn't even last that long. But I was so curious, like, okay, I have I have the audio. How can I do the same exact thing? and have it in all over these uh, third-party apps. So I downloaded it, and I just changed the date, and I changed his, um, the, the MP3 of his to mine's, and then I will copy and paste, copy and paste. Like, <laughs> for each episode, every time there's a new episode, I will manually do everything on my own. And, yep. yes, there's been situations where I will update, and it was, like, broken. People couldn't download it yeah, or anything. Yeah, freaking so, out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this is before I joined Lipson, so I had like uh, different websites that were hosting, but at that time there was no unlimited bandwidth, you know. Right. So like I even had my site shut down because there was so many people downloading the content that yeah. it was just not enough. Yeah, we actually so had I that happen through with, all that situation. We say we had that happen with Guardian Radio. It was like one day we, uh, like I had always just because that's how I had always done it. I just hosted it through our guardian radio website host that's just where i put the file and just i've been doing it that way for years with everything else so why not do it that way and i forget Mm -hmm. what the episode was it was like maybe going into year two or year three of destiny and we had like deej or somebody on and it was going to be like a big interview and like i get a message later that day like i saw it in my email some people messaging me like where's the episode and it was like yep bandwidth like met and it's like oh god like scrambling like what do i do and you know trying to call the host like what do I got to do to up, you know, make it so we can have more, more bandwidth. And so that's something, a tip for people out there looking to podcast, whatever service you're going with. I mean, most of them today do have unlimited bandwidth, but make, make mm-hmm. note of that. Make sure that, you know, because Hey, if, if it happens that your show becomes successful, that's something that, um, you know, you definitely got to think about that. A lot of people just think, Oh, I put it up there like YouTube and it's always there. Not always the case when it comes to, uh, yeah posting podcasts. Well, I want to talk to you before we get into like, cause I want to get some tips from you for people that want to podcast. But before we do that, mm-hmm. and it could be part of because of when you started. And I think it's even for me as well, um, because video obviously on the internet came after we both had really started podcasting kind of, kind of hit its stride. What is it about talk radio for you? Cause like for mm-hmm. me, I mean, you know, I see video, I see YouTube and I see, you know, that's kind of the way it is right now. Right. A lot of people like to watch videos, but I've always been a talk radio guy, you know, listen to ESPN radio. I go back to when I was younger in high school, listening to Howard Stern, you know, back when he was just on regular terrestrial radio and not on Sirius. And I always loved just how honest he was with his audience and always seemed so real. And, you know, I, that's always the people that I listen to and talk radio. I gravitate towards those people and like even that's mm-hmm. how I always try to have my show is I'm just I'm not here you know playing an act I'm just an unscripted guy who's enthusiastic about things just having a good time being honest with his audience so like what is it about talk radio for you that has pushed you kind of in that um, realm I mean obviously now videos become a thing especially for you I know you're doing a lot more video in that now and doing the show video mm-hmm. um, but what has it always been like a, just a love of the radio and talk radio yeah, you know, I feel like it's more personal, man. Like, I don't need to show my face if people w- want to listen to the show. You know, like, yeah. I, I do video, but to me, podcast is, like, my number one thing for me. Like, we still have way more listeners to the podcast and the video. Um, we created headlines just using our voice without video multiple times since, like, 05, you know? It's crazy. So, yeah, and, and I feel like... I feel like when we talk through audio, it seems like the people that are listening to to the show, they feel like they're part of the conversation too. Like I've been getting a lot of messages like that of people saying, oh man, I listened to your interview with Reggie or with Phil Spencer or whoever. And I feel like I'm part of that conversation. I'm like, because that's, that's the goal. I want people to feel that way, you know, and Mm -hmm. we inspired people to buy games yeah. just using our voice without showing yeah. a video clip, you know? So that's another thing. 
that that is that uh, that's one of the things that I just love um audio because of that you know and like you said it's just us we're not we're not uh faking it we're not trying to be like a different character like yep. just because we're on you know video and i'll give you one example like we one day we went to a timefall event and this is some, like right before the game came out everybody was excited about it right so ea invited paris and i so we went and we were there in line right and i'm like oh my god i looked at paris and I'm like paris we're the only podcasters here it's a bunch of youtubers yeah and twitch streamers right and Paris looked at me. He's like, "Yo, man, we're like old dinosaurs, man. This is, this is <laughs> the, change, the change is coming." I was like, "I know, man," because there was a time where a lot of podcasters were getting invitations from right, companies, yeah. but then yep. it changed, it flipped, right? So, so we go to the event and we sat down, and we were getting ready to into respawn about the game, right? So I, I see different content creators interviewing them, and like you said, they were acting weird, and you could tell like some of the the, the some of the devs were like they were looking really uncomfortable. To like, all, be on camera and them acting like the 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 content creators acting all crazy, right? So, so then it was our turn, and I only had my recorder, right, my digital recorder, and I sat down with Respawn. We we interviewed three people from the team, talk about uh the game, and right after the game, after the interview, we were done. The next day, I I get a a text and also an email from multiple people from EA, and they were like, Danny, they, the Respawn said that your interview was like the the best interview they had all all week because remember <laughs> they're even talking about they even talking about the media they had a, an event the day before and also the content creator event so it was us and and uh the youtubers yeah right so and the reason is it was just a conversation we was just talking yep. and the conversation was so good that that interview also created headlines without me forcing it to be a headline. Yep. Do you know what I'm trying to say? So just being a conversation, that, that's, man. Like that. Exactly. That's really all it is. Because, like, I mean, you hit on it about how listeners a lot of times feel like they're with you. You know that. That's mm -hmm. what. Like I noticed when we actually when we ended Guardian Radio, people were more sad just because they weren't gonna be hanging out with us every week anymore. You know, like because and I'm the same way. Like I still to this day, every once in a while, check in, and I don't even play World of Warcraft really anymore. But there's that show in the instance. I still listen to that show every once in a while. I don't play the game, but I just listen to it because those, you know, Scott Johnson was somebody that I listened to years ago, and just every once in a while, like, oh, I wonder what Scott's up to, and I just kind of, you know, listen into that because I'm kind of in on, you know, some of the things of his history. Like, I, I have certain podcasters that I just listen to because of that, and it's the same thing on the radio. You know, there's certain radio mm -hmm. shows, um, like ESPN radio shows, or that that I listen to more just for the hosts, not necessarily for the content, um, just because you yep. you almost feel like you know them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, because they're yeah. they're coming through your your headphones so much, you know. You've spent you yeah. literally have spent so much time with them. It's not that you've watched a three or four minute YouTube video with them. No, you've spent an hour multiple times on your drive to and from work or going for a run or exercising, whatever. And for me, that's always been appealing about about podcasts. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there there's people also that listen to our show that are not gamers, but they know me, they know Paris, right? They know Pete, and they just love our conversation. And sometimes. Yep. People are just curious, like, let me hear what Danny has to say about a certain game. And they won't even contact us. They would just listen to the show because of the content. And, and they will go and buy the product or, you know, <laughs> or or, sh or share that to, like, their friends. Like, yeah. oh, look, I know this guy. Like, I I'm cool, too. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. That's, like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> no, it's but great, it's awesome man. seeing that. It's, it's really cool. I, I think... um podcast is not going to go anywhere and it's growing every year well you know, so. i mean that that's a great point because like you think about it i even think like back when youtube really hit its stride and even twitch and all that i mean i was almost concerned like man like we we got to go to video i mean we did we were doing guardian radio through twitch every monday night and then uh mesa sean who you know has his big sub followers i mean that's what he does is, is destiny youtube so we started streaming to his youtube channel and so we were getting our faces out there doing guardian radio but for me it was still our product was just the audio podcast. And so I was getting a little bit worried, but then suddenly now you've seen this, this complete explosion of podcasting, mm -hmm. you know, to the point where you have, what, what is his name? Uh, Joe Rogan. Didn't he sign like a just insane exclusive deal with Spotify? I mean, now it's to the point where you have shows exclusive, like the bigger shows, of course, exclusively signing rights with certain services, which 
is just a strange. I mean, I, I in the back of my mind, I was like, I always thought like, why would you do that? Like, you know, if you can get sponsors, but don't you want your audience to be as large as possible? But of course, mm-hmm. when you're getting a multi-million dollar contract for X amount of years, I think that speaks a little bit more than, you know, the potential of, I guess, what your audience could be. And if your audience is there, they're going to follow you anyways. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, and, you know, what, what we even had, like, you know, suddenly Conan O'Brien, I thought that was funny. It's like, you know, a podcast sort of thing. They had him on the cover of whatever, what was that, Newsweek or something talking about podcasts as if it was a new thing. And it's like, no, they, they've been around for a while. Yep. We've all been here. Just I think a lot of people are suddenly you know, finding it. But I think the, the accessibility of podcasts now being in our pocket and being on a phone now, I think is really where the explosion has kind of come mm-hmm. from. Because for me, and, and I'm sure you were kind of the same way. Like when I think back to when I was a kid and I'd be at home playing video games and my parents are like, oh, we got to go somewhere. You know, you don't want to stop playing. The only way to continue to bring that game with you was to bring the manual, right? You could bring the manual and scour through the manual or get the latest issue of EGM or whatever it was that you had. Where nowadays you can find like-minded people like you, like we did with Guardian Radio, where it was like, hey, you like Destiny and you, you can't be playing? We're going to come through your ear holes, you know, talking about Destiny. And then, you know, there's all these other shows or you can always find a podcast of like-minded people of your interests nowadays. And it's literally at the, the tip of your fingers, anytime, yep. anywhere. And like, I think that is why podcasts now have suddenly just exploded because so many people mm-hmm. have just discovered that. I mean, my wife... For years when I was podcasting, you know, never really thought about it, never listened to them. And now she's a, an avid podcast listener. She has her select podcast she listens to every week. And years ago, she never would have even thought about that. Even though I was podcasting myself, she just didn't, you know, she's like, ah, there's never be a podcast I would listen to. And now there's podcasts that she wouldn't dare miss, you know, every single week. It's It's been incredible mm-hmm. to see the podcasting format just become what it is today. It's It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's crazy because back then, I wouldn't mention like what, this is like the early early gamertag radio days. Um, I wouldn't mention the word podcast to people because when I'll go to to the different stores locally in Miami and I'll, I'll pass out flyers, I'll tell people, "Hey, listen to my radio show. Listen to my radio show." And the reason why I would go to these uh, retail stores in Miami is because I was looking for my community. I wasn't waiting for them to to, to find me. Right, so. Right. I will go as a flyers. Uh, I will interview them also and just random people. And, uh, and now I see president, uh, president Obama, uh, he's going to launch a podcast with yep. Bruce Springsteen. Uh, this was announced like today on Spotify. Um, there's, you know, Michelle Obama had a podcast last year, you know, la- last year out of all these years, last year, was the biggest years for the biggest year for us um content wise opportunity wise and and this is this is like our 15th anniversary in to in 2020 right and not only that we were all quarantined so <laughs> we were not going to e3 but we were at, attending a lot of virtual events mm-hmm. plus xbox and sony sent us um their consoles before it came out you know so it was a crazy year last year, man. Crazy, crazy. So, like, we even started off 2020 with having the head of Xbox, Phil Spencer, around the show. Yep. And that was the first, if you think about it, that was the first time he had actually had a conversation with, out of everybody around the world, about the next-gen console. And it yeah. started with us in 2020, you know? So, it, it's just crazy how how everything has been changing throughout the years, man. You know, like back then people thought you had, you need to have a, an iPod to listen to a podcast now. Right. Yeah. Everybody knows, everybody knows. doesn't matter yeah. if it's Android or iPhone, they can listen to a show now. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, and, and you can listen crazy. to it anywhere. I mean, you don't even have to like, I remember before, like for me, before I had like a, an iPod and even I had like a, a cheaper MP3 player, even before that I was burning podcasts on rewritable like CDs and listening to them in my car. And I'm sure there's episodes of Gamer Tag Radio, episodes of Uncle Gamer that I had done that oh, for, you know, that's... I would like burn one of your episodes, go, it was kind of my to and from work. And then when I was done, I'd come home, download it, you know, basically rewrite over the previous episode and put another podcast on there. That was what I was doing before I, you know, had an MP3 player. And even then, you know, to listen to it in your car, you had to put like the, like at that time I had the, you know, the tape, adapter remember you, you kind of plug it into the headphone jack like if once i finally got the mp3 player there was no way to really hook it up to my car other than 
put the thing in the headphone jack that had the cord that had that tape. Remember those? You'd put oh the tape in the God, tape player. Yeah, great, man. And those. then even like, I mean, even before I had a car, I think that had a CD player in it. I probably had you know a little discman that you know had like a thirty second anti skip. On it. Remember that, like CD, the discmans, like that was the big thing. Like, what is the anti-skip? So you can like pound the discman, and it would, you know, had already been playing a little bit, so it didn't skip so much. Like that was the only way to listen to them before, um, you know, I had a an iPod, which is crazy, man. It's just it's wild to think of that. Um, yeah, well, yeah. Let's let's shift gears a little bit away from you know the history of podcasting, and and just for some tips, like for you, you do a lot of talks um, at these you know podcast events and things like that. And I'm sure the question always comes up to you like what tips do you have for people because i know i mean i get it enough so i'm sure you being in it as long as you have you probably get it a bunch what are some Mm -hmm. tips you give to people if they wanted to start their own podcast don't launch a show thinking about download numbers and getting sponsors yes because that's that's the thing that i've been seeing for years even youtubers like content creation period people are like okay i have a youtube i have a podcast i have this and that now I could get sponsors. No, you you have to focus on first of all, get better on creating on creating content. Second, just build your community. Don't don't worry about the download numbers. Even if it's like fifty people that listen to your show, that's that's big. That's that's pretty good. You know, mm-hmm. like I have a friend that has a a podcast network all about horses. So it could be about how to feed a horse, how to take care, you know, or uh, horse. Uh, horse sports about horses or like all type of content all about horses right the show that has the least the least um, amount of listeners is the one that he gets the most sponsors and the most money wow because the people that listen to the show if he promotes something like a product about horses that is available only on that show and it's not in other uh, shows from his network people will go and buy it because yeah. his community trusts him so much that they will go out there and buy that and support. So sponsors see that and they're like, oh no, let's continue sponsoring him. And because we see, we see that uh, people are actually supporting our our uh, our product, you know. So that's one thing that I tell people, man. Like, please, for the love of God, don't think about <laughs> about sponsors <laughs> and and download numbers like that right away, you know, because people get discouraged. Yeah, and also people need to continue working and everything takes time everything takes time like it took forever for me to get the all these opportunities you know so mm-hmm. be patient um and then don't give up that easily you know because and you know mark people yeah. when they when they see another another show get an opportunity and they not they're not getting anything that's when they like either complain or they give up i'm like come on that's not yep. that's not good man you know yep. so i mean one of the things i always tell people is you know make sure you're having fun with it as well you know because because oh, yeah. that's the thing if you're if you're 100%. just focused on your download numbers and that then chances are you're not having fun with what you're doing so you know you want to make mm-hmm. sure you're having fun doing it because in the grand scheme of things like you said it's going to take you a while to probably be successful with it so you want to make sure you're having fun while you're kind of going along for the ride until that success you know eventually shows up but your your buddy with the horses podcast to me that's like the number one thing that i everybody that has ever come to me asking me like you know hey i want to start a podcast i always tell them like from i mean this is really just from my experience was the old show that i did i did uh Chris and I, my buddy Chris, who I did Enthusiast Life with, we did The Finer Geeks was the name of our first show. And it was basically what The Enthusiast Life eventually was. But it was us talking about everything, movies, comics, video games. Didn't get an audience. So I was like, all right, well, why don't we try to do just general video gaming? And so I, I just emailed. I remember emailing like Destructoid, Kotaku, all these websites at the time that didn't have podcasts saying, let me do your show for you. I'm already up and running. I can do it. The only one I heard back from was this old PC game site called the Adrenaline Vault, which is no longer around anymore. And that's basically where we started. Luckily for us, they had contacts in the industry. So we started having guests on every single week. So that was kind of where I kind of got in and then started going to E3 and kind of got the the early video game opportunities. And we had mm-hmm. an audience, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, where Guardian Radio eventually went. But in the back of my mind, because I always loved Podtacular, I was like, if Bungie ever comes out with another game, that's what we're doing. And so mm. that's where <laughs> Guardian Radio, when it was announced, Bungie was doing a new game. I just said, guys, let's just do a show. We'll we'll be the podtacular for Destiny. It's essentially, I mean, literally, that's literally where that came from. And we jumped in from, it was, they announced it on like a Saturday. I remember there were articles on IGN, all these major outlets. And like that following Monday, we launched the first show. 
So we did a show for a year and a half of Guardian Radio with no game out, but I was like, we're just going to be consistent with it. And through that time, we eventually stopped our other show because the consistency of doing that show, having Mm -hmm. a blast of doing it, really speculating about what Destiny was going to be. And then the other thing, and this is the tip that I tell everyone, is we found our niche. Like, find something that, I don't want to say not that nobody else is doing, but like that's where Guardian Radio, why it was successful, because nobody was really doing it. And so we were the ones doing it and doing it well that the show just kind of exploded, you know, for what it became. And then, you know, you look at you with Gamertag Radio, especially at the time, there wasn't really much out there. So you guys capitalized on it and, you know, you were doing it well and producing it well and getting it out there to folks. And so that's what I always tell people, you know, is find if you really are looking just for the success side of it, which, again, you need to be having fun with it as well. But figure out something that is like, what's the niche? What's the little niche that you could have? And like you said, your friend does a podcast about horses. I'm sure he enjoys it, and he's got his audience. And there you go. You know, he's he's uh, he's hit the ground running, and he's going. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, well, it, 100% agree with you because I always say this in every interview. The day that I'm not having fun with it, like I'm done. I'm completely done. Yeah. But I'm having fun. I, I still feel like the same kid from back in the days that's awesome you know, uh, creating content like that that's yeah. that's why when i'm so excited to talk about like my history I, I i get excited to talk about the podcast and and also want to pass the torch to the next generation that also gonna be doing things better than me you right know? So yeah I, I, that's why i always talk to the, like a lot of the new content creators so, like all over uh, different conferences like i'm actually going to be speaking at a podfest later this week it's a oh, virtual nice. event last last year i i actually went to the event in orlando this was like two days two three days before the city of new york got shut down because wow. we had to you know stay home and everything but yeah it's it's crazy it's crazy hmm. but i love i love talking about this man yeah well i'll tell you man like that's where guardian radio went away because i really just wasn't having fun doing it anymore i mean i hate to say that and you know i was honest with the audience at the time too if you go back and listen to that last episode that's what i i just kind of said i was like hey you know i can't come out here and pretend to be having fun and in this game and having a blast because i just i kind of wasn't anymore and i i felt that what we had done i mean we did the show it was almost six years that show ran and Mm -hmm. now i've transitioned over to the enthusiast life and i'm having a blast doing this and so that's why i i enjoy getting up i mean i recorded every morning i literally get up 5 a.m every day and just Talking about things I'm I'm excited about, things I'm having fun about, and you know it's it's definitely translating over to an audience who feels the same way, you know, and that's just that's kind of my little niche right now or niche right now is is that's kind of what I've been doing, and it's you know again the, to me it's all about the fun, and if 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 the fun is there, I think that'll translate to your listeners or come across to your listeners, and then that'll bring you the success. I think is really what it yeah. boils down to because. I mean that that's mm-hmm. what people want to listen to. They want they want to come on your journey, you know. They want to want to be there with you as well. Um yeah, 100% yeah. agree. Yep. Um all right. Well, let's shift gears a little bit away from podcasts. Let's talk some video games, man. That's definitely in your wheelhouse. And yes. I would I wouldn't I couldn't have you here on the show and not talk about some Fantasy Star Online. Now, the last time I talked to you, you mentioned you had that big 1000 episode and uh you had Phil Spencer on. Just like to point out, you had me on before you had Phil Spencer on. I just want to say that. We yes, talked some, yes. <laughs> we, we talk some Fantasy Star Online, too. So I got that over Phil Spencer. I was on Gamertag Radio before he was. Um, yeah, yeah. But at the time, the game wasn't out yet. So you didn't have hands-on. So now post-launch of Fantasy Star Online 2, how are you feeling about the game? I mean, did you jump right in and love it right away? Does it? Just yeah. what, what do you think of the game? No, it was, it was a lot of fun. I feel like... I mean, it, it feels like an old game. You could tell, you know. Right. But I love, I love playing it. Like I was playing it nonstop for months, nonstop, right? So, and and then the the, the thing with me, man, I'm always getting games from companies, so I've, I have to focus on the right. next yeah. game. But sometimes I won't go back. Like, okay, let me just see the new episode that was just added. Let me see how it is and everything. I'm having a blast with it, right? So, but I am so excited to try out the new the new fantasy star online two new genesis now genesis technically technically it's three they're just not gonna do that sega because they have a huge audience you know but uh that still support that game but it looks new genesis looks so good man i'm like (laughs) i definitely want to try that out like it seems a lot more faster seems more open yes compared to like the last last game right like there's a lot of things you could do and i know there's a beta out there um which um 
I think it's already available in Japan. So yeah, I'm excited I, to check it out. I was going to say, I think it wrapped up. I was watching some videos. It was like a month ago or so. And believe me, like I had jumped into, you know, the Japanese version of PSO2 before it came out. And I was scouring the internet to see what I needed to do to be a part of that beta. And they really were IP locking it. And it was really kind of locked down. So it was kind of almost impossible uh, to not be living in Japan and get in on that. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you, man. Like the openness of it for me, it really looks more like an MMO, I guess, in the last one, really than, than any of them before. Yeah. I mean, the, the previous ones were much more instanced, uh, kind of like Destiny, where you go to the tower, you have your social space, and then you kind of go off then and, and go your on your own separate ways. Where this, I mean, you go to the social space, there's other players there, and then you just walk out into the field. Like, it's just there. You're not going through the pipes and spawning down into an area. Like, you're just going right out into the, air, into the field. And I think that's what's going to be really cool about it, is it's going to just feel more populated, I guess, when you're when you're out there, you know, battling in, in the field and all that now they're also are putting in little like little instance dungeons i know kind of out there as well uh, which is going to be cool but all the classes look awesome i mean the graphical overhaul they're, they're putting in the engine looks great because some of that is even coming to pso2 standard as well mm -hmm. um yep. they're gonna upgrade that too and you're gonna launch them both from the same launcher and it's gonna be the same character too and some of the stuff will carry over to new genesis and you can just jump back and forth yeah yeah so and that's and pretty one cool thing that one thing that I do like about this, besides being free, is that this is also has crossplay, which yes. I think is super important, especially nowadays. Like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of games that has crossplay, and this this is like it's perfect, man. So, right now, Xbox is probably gonna have that that time exclusive to launch to the console first, and also PC, mm. and they probably will do something similar to what they what they've been doing now with um, Game Pass. You get like every month. You would get items just because yep. you're a Game Pass subscriber, you know. So I think we might see something like that for this, you know. And here's one thing: when we had Phil Spencer on our show, you know, uh, he was actually talking about his trip that he went to Japan, and he was like so excited about Fantasy Star Online too at that time last year. Um, and I think um, he he's been really pushing about Sega on our interview and then we were like, huh, that's kind of strange. Like why would he <laughs> why would he push, you know, Fanny Star Line 2 and and Sega? So of course they were having this plan, uh new Genesis to come out also for Xbox. So yeah, I'm excited to see what, what's gonna happen and, and and I think um Sega's been doing a great job promoting it. Um and they've been very um vocal with with the community about PSO two and also New Genesis. On, on social media because back then yo they were like crickets Sega of america not saying yeah. a word about it man yep. so it's good it's good seeing this man you know yep well it's Imagine interesting too man you, i mean you know back in the pso and even like fantasy star universe days like the american or, or i say the north american and then the, the you know japanese servers were splintered basically and japan was getting stuff released that we were like what at one point like a year or two behind on that content and there's stuff that never even came to north america and so even with mm -hmm. Fantasy Star Online 2, that's been interesting because we've had, what, eight or nine years of PSO2, and they essentially released all that content this year, which has just been incredible. They've been able to do that, put it all out here mm -hmm. in the States just in a matter of you know 12 months or 11 months, whatever it took them to get to this point. But that's what I'm almost most excited about with New Genesis is now we're all going to be there essentially at the same time. You know, like finally there's yep. going to be this... At the same time, we're all going through the same missions, you know, min-maxing everything, figuring out the weapon drops, all of that. Because you've always had a little bit of splintering, especially like a, a website like PSO World, where you go there and, you know, there are the people that only play on the Japanese servers or people that play in North America. And, you know, the Japanese players look down at the North American server players. And it's like, come on, man, like that's just totally splintering the community where now we can all finally play together, kind of have that excitement, you know, all around it. It's cross-play. I think it's just going to be huge when that game finally comes out, and I can't wait. That's that's yep. one of my most anticipated games. I think this year, definitely. Yeah, um, same here, same here. And, and once it comes out, we definitely gotta gotta play and maybe oh, talk yeah. about it too for the definitely, show. Definitely, man. man. I think it'll be awesome. Definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely. I can't wait. I can't um, wait. One final thing, I guess, just in terms of, and this is a big question. And I mean, you mentioned it uh, when you mentioned like crossplay is a big deal, but like having been with video games for so long, you know, as covering it essentially with the podcast, like. How are you feeling just about the state of video games and kind of the direction? And I know it's a big question and there's a lot to unpack yeah, yeah. there, but but just in general, like where do you think we are right now with video games? Are we in a good place? Is there still a lot on the horizon in terms of things changing or or what? Man, it's a lot. It's a lot of things to say about that. One, <laughs> one thing, like I said about crossplay, and the reason why I mentioned crossplay first is because 
now it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like people are missing out. Like yeah. I have a bunch of friends on PlayStation, but I have an Xbox, but we can still play together. Like just over the weekend, we were playing Call of Duty Zombies, uh, the new uh, Black uh, Black Ops Cold War mm-hmm. game. So we were playing for like six hours, and it was two people from PlayStation Five and two from Xbox, and it was like we had a great time. You know, there's no more us like missing out because we don't have with the same connection, like online connection for us to play, you know? So to me, crossplay is super important, you know, and, and I can't wait to see what other games are going to add that feature in the future. And I would love to see cross progression. Also, I think that's like super important. Yeah. Uh, another thing too, is I just love that, especially indie games, they've been creating some great, great stuff that no, no one from like the major publishers or, or major developers are doing. And, and it's been standing out a lot more nowadays than back then, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, for example, Ori, uh, the Ori game, the both games are really, really good. Just recently, Ni- uh, Little Nightmares 2 came out. Fantastic game. Like, I just love how indie developers are taking things to, like, the next level. And that's when you see all these publishers, okay, all right, we have to copy similar to this. Like, that's this exactly game. what I was going to say, yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So I, I just love that. I love that. So. I mean, we've seen that with like the battle royale genre, right? I mean, you kind of have an indie indie game player, uh, player unknowns battlegrounds, and then suddenly even Fortnite. Not to say that was indie, but suddenly just, then just exploded, and now every game has to have a battle royale. I mean, just this weekend, exactly. Blizzard at their BlizzCon online had their Hearthstone event. They have a mode. I forget what they're calling it, like minion mode or something like that. It's essentially slay the spire in Hearthstone. Because they saw mm-hmm. how successful Slay the Spire was. It was like, wait a minute, we could do that with Hearthstone. And there it is. They're doing it. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. you're seeing a lot of things come from the indie side and then show themselves in, in these major publishers because they realize, like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great, great idea. We're going to do the same thing. Um, in yeah. terms of cross play and cross progression, man, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm kind of excited to go back to Blizzard, even is, is Diablo 2, uh, what is it called? Reforged or Remastered, whatever they're calling it, um, is because that game is going to be cross progression across every platform. So especially mm-hmm. the switch, like I remember playing the switch and even before they announced Diablo three, just thinking in my head, Oh, it'd be great to have Diablo three on the switch. And when they announced it, I was just like, Oh man, this is awesome. And now to have Diablo two, where you could, if you want to play it on PC, get it on PC, which I'll probably get it there. I'm thinking maybe PS five, just depending on friends that get it and where they're going to be playing. But then I'm probably going to get that switch version as well, because then I can just mm-hmm. take it on the road and there's my character you know there's everything you yep. know i think it's it's just such yep. a great ease of use thing for the gamers it's really all about the gamers and that's where like as of recently i think microsoft's been just nailing it like everything oh, yeah. they do seems to be for the gamers even to the point of like you said of, of these indie studios even taking almost risks in some of their games we're seeing mm-hmm. that like studios can do that with game pass right i mean the, yep. to me the medium is the perfect example of a game that i would not have paid for but the fact that it was on Game Pass, I played it and I enjoyed it. It was like, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't have bought that, like not knowing what it was beforehand, but it was included on Game Pass and I had an absolute blast playing that game. And yeah, I, I love I awesome. love Game Pass. I, I We promote that so much on the show. I'm like, man, that's like the best deal in gaming right now. No, there's yeah. no one that's doing this, right? But I have to mention one more thing that I think this is like important too, because, you know, compared to how it was back in the days to now, and especially, you know, um, the, the struggle I went through back in the days just to get a game and um, just so I could create content for the show. Um, now it seems like more companies are investing on working with content creators. Back then it was a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And last year was the year that I realized the most where, especially Xbox has been investing a lot on that. Like last year we were like the first wave, a group of people, the first wave, they got the Xbox Series X over a month early before it came out to stores. And it was just content creators, right? Yeah. Um, we didn't we I never had the opportunity back then. Like if I'll get something early, it was maybe like a week, maybe or a couple of days, or the day of, right? But over a month. So every week we had content just talk about about the console because we got the we got the the system early, right? And then PlayStation also sent Paris. Um, I think it was like two, two, three weeks before it launched, he got the PlayStation 5. So I love that companies are doing that. And not only us, but a lot of other content creators are also getting the opportunity yeah. too. So 
Yeah, it, and it's going to get bigger, I think. I think now companies are, are really focusing on working with content creators even more than major media. Well, yeah, I was going to say, man, I mean, you when you look, just boil the numbers down to some people, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you hear like, let's say, and this is a bad example because I know gamers aren't watching like CNN or whatever, but sometimes you hear about their viewership and it's like 900,000 or whatever. You know, their, their top rated show is barely getting a million viewers. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, you have YouTube videos that are getting two, three million views. So if you're a company looking to spend, okay, do we want to spend thousands upon thousands of dollars to run a commercial on this channel? Or do I want to send a guy a free console that's, you know, is even, yeah, it's 500 bucks in the store. It's not costing them $500. They ship it out to the guy and he's going to be talking about it for weeks, if not months. And his audience is so invested in him. There you go. Like it's, it is such an obvious thing in terms of marketing, you know, that that's just the way it is now. Um, so yeah. it, it's not surprising at all that that's what they're doing is sending it to the content creators because, yeah. you know, that we're the ones that are out there, you know, talking to a, a select audience. And now they can even pinpoint who they're sending those to, you know, because they can guarantee mm-hmm. that the people listening or watching those videos are interested in what it is, where if you just do a commercial on TV, of course, again, I see it as a terrible example, but, you know, mm-hmm. that's not the viewership for the consoles. I mean, even I mean, I guess a G4 would have been, but even like MTV, let's say. You know, is it is it worthwhile to run an ad on MTV today? I mean, not a lot of people are watching MTV. You know, they're just showing reruns of, you know, whatever real world or, you know, the what's the road rule challenge or whatever is that they always show. I, you know, they're mm-hmm. not having the viewership that like, uh, I, let's say a ninja or somebody on Twitch is going to have, which is just, it's crazy that we're in that space now, but that's where we are. And it's, yep. Yep. And it's one wild. more thing, one more thing, one more thing about this. So, and this relates to, the the gaming side too and content creator side so for us you know we had uh phil spencer last year right i just had reggie fizzame a, a legend in which is incredible dude that you got yeah. that was that blew my mind yeah so i had him on a show and I, we announced that like reggie mentioned it on twitter that he was going to be on and everybody was like danny danny you got to ask him about gamestop like we want to know what's going on like the stocks and robin hood and all this <laughs> stuff right and me in my mind i'm like I'm not going to, I'm not going to freaking ask that question. Right, That's like a, yeah. a total waste of time. He's not going to answer that question. First of all, I don't want him to be uncomfortable. Right. So we had a conversation and again, I wasn't thinking about headlines. I wasn't, I was just, I want to talk to Reggie. I have so many questions to ask him. You know, he's very, he, he he's a, a legend in the gaming. He's done a lot for the industry. Right. So we talked for like a good 45 minutes, man. And we even talked even offline after that for, for a while. And I posted the the audio online and it created headlines all over. Like there was even multiple websites that put six different articles just with that one episode. <laughs> I saw you know? your so, tweets, man. It was awesome. Every time yeah. I saw that in my feed, I was like, that's just incredible, man. That's great. Yeah. yeah. So the reason why I'm mentioning that is because, you know, when we create a, a, an episode, when we have an interview with someone, like we don't think about the headlines. We just think about the conversation first. Right. And let's see what happens from there, you know. And the other day I was on Clubhouse, which for, for those that are, are listening, I think it's very important for y'all to to either try out Clubhouse or uh, Twitter Space because now they're they're launching Twitter's launching something similar to Clubhouse. It's like an audio app where you could create a room and have conversation with different people, depending what what is it you into. If it could be music, games, etc. So really cool so i was there the other day and i was having a conversation with a friend of mine that also works in the industry and this person was like danny i don't know how you guys do it but every time every time somebody goes to your show it goes everywhere everywhere and we don't get i i don't we don't get like millions of listens one episode right yeah but that one episode create headlines that it could create 1 million people not only listening but also reading the content if you put everything together you know so that's why to me i never i stopped calling my my the interviews that i call it more of conversation like you said in the beginning of the intro because i want that person that's on our show to feel comfortable and i want them to open up and and answer Stuff that they probably won't answer on like when they go to like a major website, you know, yep. so 
I had to bring that up, and and I'm glad that companies are are open to to do that nowadays, man. It was ten times harder back. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think that's yeah. a great tip because literally to pull the curtain back, even before we went on the air. I mean, I said that to you. I'm like, this is just a conversation, man. Like, mm-hmm. for people starting a podcast, make it that. You know, don't don't just do your show and you know have this uh, literally a script in front of you. No, like just. Be yourself, man. Get the show out there, and I think it'll it'll bleed it. And dude, I mean, I think that that's why you guys have been successful for so long is because you know you're a very down to earth, a very humble person. It comes across in the way you talk and in, in the interviews that you do, the conversations you have on the show. Um, mm-hmm. It just, yeah. And I mean that that's what I think a lot of people gravitate to because you know, like you mentioned, when you guys went to the respawn event and you saw all those other people interviewing the folks that respawn and they're kind of putting on that act for the video and all that. And look, there, there is a, a time and place for that. Um, but I think in mm-hmm. the end, ultimately these conversations are what carry carry through and um, create the headlines. Obviously, man, in your guys case. Yep. Well, dude, let's wrap Thank it up Frank. there. Give people, uh, I guess all the plugs, give them where they can find you. I'll put them in the show notes so people know where they can find, you know, you and gamertag radio and all that. Uh, let them yeah. know. Well, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, that uh, Godfrey G O D F R W. I'm very, I'm very active in that <laughs> that social media. But you can find me there. Follow me. Um, also, you can find us on any podcast app. Just search for Gamer Tag Radio. Just follow us, subscribe, and let let us know what you guys think about the show. And this week, um, it's going to be our 16th anniversary of Gamer Tag Radio on February 25th. Awesome. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for for more stuff coming on the future for us. You know especially for me too. And, and actually there's a documentary that I created. Oh years, yeah. Uh, yeah. Give the three years ago. That. Yeah. Yeah. So check it out. It's totally for free. It's on YouTube. It's called uh gimmick tag radio, a podcast story. Uh, just search for on YouTube or write down story. is there uh story. It got awards and all this stuff. And the crazy part, Mark, I, I haven't mentioned this to people, but I created that that documentary using iMovie. That's awesome. And I wanted to prove the point for people to show, like, look, it doesn't matter if you have the most expensive equipment. Yep. If you don't have the content, it doesn't matter. You have to have the content. So I content. did it, and I submitted that to a bunch of film festivals, and they got selected, and they got awards. And I even went to red carpet in New York City. And <laughs> those people that were interviewing me had no idea that I created that using iMovie. That's <laughs> you incredible, know man. So, I love that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you so, actually just, you. so you do everything on a Mac? Just Do you do the podcast yeah, on a Mac as well? Mac. Yeah, I do. Yes, I, I do too, to man. Day, I, I, yep. Still to this day, I edit through uh, GarageBand. Still to this day. Me too, man. Yeah, yep, I, GarageBand. Yeah. I use, I use uh, right now, just to kind of let people know, like, I just record our conversation and I've always used, it's literally the same program I've used since 2008. Yep. It's been updated many times and I had to like rebuy it because we, I lost the license at one point. Um, it's called mm-hmm. Audio Hijack Pro and it basically yep, just got any, it. any audio got it. on my computer, I can just record it and dump it off as an MP3, pull it over to GarageBand and uh, I just edit it in GarageBand. That's why I've, I've done that, done it that way for years. And uh, like Danny and I right now, we're through Discord and I'm just grabbing the audio. And that's it. Yeah, you know, that's I'm not, good. I'm not that's doing really anything good. fancy, nothing. It's literally just doing it that way. And that's how I've always done it. And it works. And Yep, it works, man. It works. And wow, you, and you I didn't know you did that through iMovie. That's even, oh, I love that. That's, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Well, and look, and I will take it even back, back. Like, yeah, I, I used to record everything on cassette back in the days, right? And convert it to real, uh, real-time MP3. But when I launch Gamertag Radio, I will have conversation with people through Xbox Live. I will go to Halo 2 Wow. Lobby. And record to there. Even that, it was like the, the the quality was terrible back in the days. But before Skype, before Discord, yeah, we were using Xbox Live to, to record conversations. That's incredible, man. Then. Yeah, <laughs> love that. That is awesome, man. See, it's stories like yeah. that. I said everybody has stories like that. They're the older podcasters like us, man. I love that. That's great. Um, yeah, definitely, man. All right, dude. Well, let's wrap it up there, man. Again, I appreciate you uh, stopping by. I'm sure we'll be doing it again at some point here in the future. And, uh, you know, obviously wish you guys the best of luck. Congratulations on 16 years of Gamer Tech Radio. And, uh, you know, don't stop, man, because everybody loves what you guys are doing over there for sure. All right, thanks, man. No, I can't, can't wait for us to do this again, man, in the future, man. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. All right, dude. Take care. Take care. Well, there you have it. Such a great conversation with Danny. I love hearing the history of podcasting because hey I've been doing this now for over 10 years 
but he's been at it much, much longer than I, even to, you know, some of those early, early days. And I love hearing those stories about those early days of podcasting. Um, you know, clearly, you know, he, he has a love for the spoken voice and, um, you know, he really is a pioneer just in this realm. And it, so it was fantastic to, you know, sit down and chat with him about all that. Hopefully you pulled some out of that as well uh, in terms of tips and maybe even inspiration to start your own podcast, which, you know, I, I urge everyone uh, to definitely dip into podcasting. It is a lot of fun. And you know what? Like I said in there, there's so many podcasts for everyone out there. You can definitely find something for you out there in the podcasting world. And of course, big congratulations to those guys for 16 years of Gamer Tag Radio. I love that. It is just such an awesome thing to um, you know, have them hitting that milestone. Well, that's going to do it for me here today for this guest spot next week on next Saturday's guest spot. Actually, on next Sunday's guest spot, I should say. Uh, I'll be joined by the editor-in-chief of Game Insider Magazine, Derek Smith. Now, Derek, you guys may remember if you are a Guardian Radio listener, um, Derek was one of the original co-hosts of Guardian Radio. So I'm going to be sitting down with him to kind of talk about how he got into game creation or into uh, video game content creation. And uh, then, of course, I know we're going to talk video games. Derek and I, whenever we get on a, on a call together, we just start going off on all these different tangents. But it's always a good conversation, always fun. So I know it's going to be a good chat. Now, next week, I mentioned Sunday, uh, I am actually going to Disney World uh, this week. We're going uh, just for Saturday. It's my wife's birthday. So <clears throat> the WandaVision episode that would normally come out on Friday is actually going to release on Saturday. So the guest spot, I'm going to push to Sunday. Uh, so be on the lookout for uh, this week's guest spot to drop on that day instead. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. But other than that, guys, as always, follow me on Twitter at Marturka, M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. You can always email the show, theenthuselife at gmail.com. And other than that, have a great rest of your day. And until next time, we'll catch you later. <laughs>